Here we are with Broken Worlds, Exalted Skeleton Keys, Episode 5. It is May 2018, and I am Devin, the referee. To my left, we have X playing Y. Nicole playing Tepid Perel. Kevin playing Poison Orchid. Alright, Exalts. What happened last session? We delved into the labyrinth and dealt with the Nephrak that was gaining power down there. Yes, you slew and uh, fumigated Million, a Nephrak tied deeply to the element of Earth. That's basically it. Yeah. We investigated and we looted. Yes. Such is the way of things. Mm The Hungry Ronin have been soundly dealt with. The nuisance of their base has been uh, cleansed. And you are free of obligation to this problem. So, what would you two like to do in Ten Gods Mountain this session? Uh, We would like to return the merchandise to the people. So, the Monopede Company. Mm -hmm. Have her name written down. Uh, Copper Monopede. Copper Mina. Copper Mina. There we go. Um, then after that, I think we're going to be trying to bolster the uh, exchange consulate. Yeah, the exchange consulate. <clears throat> Doesn't your aunt have like a in with them, or she deals with them, or she's she part of them? She's like their li- liaison to um, other places, I think. Hmm. Also, though. Um, there's like factions basically within it that are so we might want to go speak to her first and have her deal with them through her basically exactly and before that we should rest because i look like a horrible monster and that's not the best first impression right you know you're a champion of the dead and stuff but i don't know if coppermito will be able to keep to that when you're looking like some kind of freak. She was uncomfortable enough as, as it is. Right. And he also he already looks like a freak. <laughs> you all gather up the supplies and treasure and victory looted from the readout of the Hungry Ronin and make your long way up Ten Gods Mountain sloped carved uh, stone chiseled steps in the ever-present gloom and rain back into the city proper. Uh, you looking like a blood-born cleric beast, your procession of war ghosts and abyssal specters, and a living person who is a prince of the earth. <laughs> uh, people give you all a wide berth, uh, many figures in like, you know, long funeral robes and somewhere in clothes meant to mirror the quicklands. You know, give aside. They're all wearing. They all have like you know paper and wood umbrellas that they're holding close and over them uh, to keep the rain off. As you ghoulishly proceed down the street in almost like a funerary march, <laughs> full of grave goods and uh, covered in the signs of violence, <laughs> marching that gigantic sword along. It's not as big as uh, actual like like die weapons. It's a great sword. Hmm. So, you know, it's big by normal sword standards, but this is a world where die weapons exist. Mm. Weapons of the gods. <laughs> Did we take the sarcophagus? Do you want it? Yeah, yeah, might as well. Okay, because it's cool, so... 
Yeah, decorate be... your place. <laughs> so it literally looks like an actual funeral procession, including the uh, giant sarcophagus yeah. at the back. Which looks off. <laughs> yeah, the sarcophagus is sturdy enough that it held together after the thrashing you gave uh, Melion. <laughs> and you head back to your, uh, your, your chalet, your base, hmm. such as it is. Uh, the gang there and the gang the gang you brought and the gang that you left behind group up. People are hooting and hollering and screaming. People are breaking plates against the wall. People are getting high off the passion of the victory. And, uh, you know, being rowdy. Mm-hmm. Being careless, being, you know, swingy. Uh, Orchid takes a key from within his robes to the liquor cabinets this place and hands them off to one of his more trusted lieutenants. You know what to do with this. Uh, what is this lieutenant? Is this one of the normal people? Is this a specter? Is this a nephrak? Uh, it's probably one of the normal people. Okay. Uh, yeah, he uh, grabs it and kind of just gives out a, a yeah! Hmm. And they go and start distributing uh, good spirits. Yes. Such <laughs> as it is. <laughs> A little gesture to uh, some of the people I got from my Diamonds of the Rough ability, my Brainier um, members. Um, have them fetch their abacuses, and we're going to decide who can afford what losses as far as these companies go for what we're going to keep and what we aren't. Very good, my sovereign. The uh, Your smarter men, they wear... Um... If they don't wear masks, their clothes have like a smock or a pin or a badge they've embroidered on with the uh, markings of uh, the, the midnight mark. Like it's a mask with a midnight mark on it, but it's also in the shape of Iron Seven Despair's iconic mask. That, that bird-headed heater shield uh, mask mm-hmm. with the eyes carved into it. But it looks like it's been carved and then afterwards the whole thing's been blotted with that black midnight mark. Yeah, the smarter ones are probably the ones I deign to explain the nature of, you know, Death Lords to? There's not really a nature of Death Lords to explain. They're not really... They're not really so structured that way. Yeah, and not so much that, so much as, you know, this is something that I serve that's above me. Your master, your teacher. Yeah. Your Sifu. The ones below that don't need to know and probably don't care, but, you know, the smarter ones. Let's be generous. But, well, we do deserve a cut. We will take all the cuts we can take, and some from the back, and we'll give more than they deserve! <laughs> in the context of cuts. <laughs> and like someone hits someone in the face with a bottle and opens up their mouth with the jagged end. Guys are crazy. Doesn't really hurt them, and, you know, death marks. They, uh, they love feeling alive and getting into violent, horrific fights is one of the ways they express it. Lead off some of that spite. But it sounds like you two would like to take some time to decompress. Yes. Yes. So we will take two actions I think we discussed before. A rest and a train. So let's look at the rest action, which I, of course, did not add to the sheet. <laughs> Let me pause. 
So listeners, we took a quote-unquote rest uh, in which the party consolidated their stuff, fixed their armor, healed their wounds, which no one had, and rejuvenated stamina, and just reset abilities. So, Orchid, you uncleric beast yourself and contain your form back into your normal human abyssal (laughs) frame. Um, And realign things, but you did roll a nine, so one of the two minor hits... Uh, like like misses happened, which was you personally did not profit from the adventures uh, you and your gang went on. The gang is fine, the people are going to get their stuff back, but you find that you overextended yourself and your men took too big of a cut and you just can't bring yourself to take it back from them. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Yep. Uh, and now we're going to move into a train. So, this training montage. What are you guys going to do to sharpen yourselves. Orchid has an idea. Um, He approaches Burrell. Would you mind a stroll back into the woods with me? Sure. Excellent. He'll fetch a pair of umbrellas and just (laughs) go without his gang out into the woods, back to the monastery. I mean, I can take you, so... (laughs) (laughs) And uh, back down to the basement, to the opening into Oblivion. Oh, God. I don't want to go down there. We needn't go down there. I would simply suggest we meditate upon its nature, and perhaps you will come to an accord. Just for a while. All right. So... So you two want to... Meditate on the nature of entropy? Yes. Essentially. <laughs> That's cool. I'm not putting my back to it, though. You're not in the mouth? You just add it? Yeah. Yeah. Well... Alright. So, let's do a train. Um, we'll spend a few hours down here. Ever- okay, first thing that happens, mark experience. I have a question. What? Where in the book do I find this resting and, and thing that we're doing now? I can't show you it right now, because we're just in the middle. So, do you mark your experience? Alright, now you both take a power die. So now you both have two. And now, if you have experience equal to your level plus three, do you? Mm-hmm. Yep. How much do you have in total? Seven. Seven. You reduce it by your level plus three, which would be five. So that means you have two left over. Mm-hmm. And you would go up by one level to level three. Which means the level three bonus happens, which we'll reference in a second, and you get another new move. Oh boy. Which we can pick now or later. It's not that important. Mm-hmm. What can you gain when you level up? It's an advanced martial arts, a move, or. Advanced martial arts, a move from your advancement playbook, or a cross playbook ability. Oh, uh, there's also something that happens now that you've hit level three, but I'll get to that in a moment, so we'll just put a pin in that. Now, this is the important part. You each can choose one or zero of the following four options. We went over them the last time we did training, so we're going to pause now and go over them in the background, listeners, and come back. BRB. All right, and we're back. So, in the training, you guys leveled up to level three, you increased your stats by one, you got a new proficiency. What was the new proficiencies you guys took? I took the cross class ability, Fashionista. Ah, yes, your move. Yes. So the proficiency was empty-handed. That's what oh, I was asking about. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, the proficiency is unarmed. Perfect. And you? 
Uh, I took a second level of empty hand so that I have the flourish uh, where I can disarm people. Oh god. Yeah. Alright, and yes, what moves did you take? Again, the cross-class one, Fashionista, which is part of the refined play sheet. Refined is an interesting play sheet. I don't know what I would ever do with it, but I see why it exists. Yeah, I was that was going to be the second one I chose if I didn't choose the hunger. It's all about illusions and seduction and yeah. fucking and with magic people. and magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a different take on hunger. Like hunger and refined exist in the same kind of space. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now you have weird powers based on wearing nice clothing and fighting with it, and it gives you your heat instead of body or mind. So yeah. you're yeah. much deadlier in combat now. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to look on the inside of his robes now. That's where all the horror comes from. But now you're dressed up like a king. Mm-hmm. Fine clothing, decadent. And what'd you take? Uh, I chose the Panther School technique, uh, which empowers a different move called Close Eyes and Still Hearts when I have enough time to survey the targets. Also, it means I never make noise unless I specifically want to. Perfect. No matter what I'm doing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, you guys trained and leveled up. What did you choose for each other for training? We'll start with Kevin. Uh, I chose that Burrell uh, would have a breakthrough in her under- her training or understanding. And that was? I think it basically um, understood the nature of oblivion more. And something, something, that's what means I can be quiet all the time. I, I don't know how to work. You got a breakthrough with oblivion that makes you stealthy. Yes. <clears throat> Understand the absence of things more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nicole? Uh, I chose for Kevin. Uh, he came, I don't know the exact wording in the thing, but basically he uh, has an opportunity for to gain more power. Mm-hmm. Or influence, I think is what it says. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. It says power or influence. So. Yeah. <laughs> And what we discussed for that was uh, essentially since we came back here, we found something we'd missed the first time. Information on one of the uh, trade guilds yeah. or companies. I actually have something for that. Uh, the Musicians Guild. There's a Musicians Guild? Yes, obviously. There's hundreds of guilds. Uh, in Ten Gods Mountain um, had paperwork. Like they, they had letters and stuff in one of the possessions that was stolen. And in it, it detailed one of their members tracking down an occult artifice uh, that they are going to use to rise themselves to prominence. It is a Book of the Dead uh, bound in human flesh, inked in human blood. Fuck you. <laughs> Dead. Obviously, I don't know this because you got it, but oh my god. He would share it with you. Okay. There's even like sketches of it and stuff. It doesn't look like the Necronomicon, but it looks like there there are sketches of its cover and its imprintings and its writing and stuff. It does not sound like something that should be in the hands of a, uh, you know, mere spirit. Also, um, there's sketchings of some of the writings. Yeah. Is there anything that either of us would recognize? Specifically him, because he's a dead guy? You, because you got education in the Blessed Isle. I did. Like, you went to actual realm dining schools because you were dragon-blooded. Yes. Uh, that is definitely not stuff that relates to necromancy or the underworld. All those writings are demonic in nature. They're Malfian. (laughs) Found what they think is the Book of the Dead. Yeah, um, from what you can decipher based on your understanding of, like, anathemic languages and treatises on dark sorcery, uh, it is a instructional, uh, 
manual imbued with um, the, the essence of a demon. Like you can tell by the way the skin's made and stuff that it's 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 a demon that's bound up into book shape uh, that would open a crack into Malpheus. Okay. That sounds like a terrible idea. No, no. Though being able to open up a you know optional gate to Malpheus would be super useful. But these assholes aren't going to know how to do it, right? They think it's a book of the dead? <laughs> no, it's made with dead flesh. Of course it's for the dead. So, we should stop that. Hmm, we should. I will have my people look into it. Alright. So, uh, what do you want to do now that you're doing your training? Like, what is your actions... I think we should speak with the uh, exchange consulate. Yes. All right. The, so you're going to head down, speak to your grandmother. Yes. What is your grandmother's name? Tabit Thorne. There you are. Mm. Oh. I probably know her real name, but... Well, that's not that's her name. Her. <laughs> yeah. That's not her name. <laughs> the exchange consulate. It is built into one of the foundational structures of Ten Gods Mound, one of the original buildings that was set up once it became a proper trade town. Um, it is a sort of coliseum, actually. Uh, Bowl-shaped with sloping stadium seats and arena floor, uh, but it's been uh, walls have been erected inside, cubicles, uh, building, kind of like little housing structure to house an office. And the many, many rows and gladiator arena uh, stuff has been also boxed off and turned into vaults and storage areas. So like, you have to go in and then go on the outside periphery and it's pretty well guarded. Uh, it also allows them, uh, because of the various like Roman Coliseum style arena uh, storage space, to house the many, many debtors and uh, near specters that they keep on hold for uh, usury. Oh boy. Oh. Hundreds of souls. Uh, the building has been marked with uh, red clay in between its uh, stone construction to kind of highlight it and give it some color. Um, so basically, as it constantly rains and the clay's been you know, properly fastened into the stone working, uh, when you're coming near the building, the water running away from it, instead of being that kind of gauzy, milky, white plaster, it's instead this kind of slow, sludgy-moving red, like blood. Like nice. coagulated blood pumping out of the exchange consulate, invigorating the city with its lifeblood of currency. Though, as of late, consulate has not been doing well and its arteries are hardening and its life-giving uh, monetary essence is quickening and uh, turning to sludge. <laughs> yeah, uh, there are people in like, you know, armor and on like war animals like dead horses and rhinos and bison that patrol the area. Uh, there are cages hung out that are stuffed full of ration skeletons, those lizard crows. Not even living ones, just skeletons, reminders of them that if people get too close or if people are trying to look like they're 
you know, trying not to be seen, the skeletons start rattling and clicking and making hissing, screeching sounds. Nice. Uh, there is a <clears throat> sigil in Old Realm, uh, well, not Old Realm, more like uh, Dragon Tongue, the language of the Shogunate, uh, that's been carved in brass that's long since kind of tarnished, embedded in the gateway over the arena. The previous uh, call sign of this arena before it became, you know, a uh, currency exchange um, was blood fuels the spirit of community. <laughs> that's a good, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> the the uh, new slogan that was instituted for the consulate was wealth beyond avarice. <laughs> and there are there are sort of small shrines built around this place too, uh, burning pedestals with markings to um, you know various guild-like entities. The, the the spirits that the guild up top would commune with that the exchange has sort of picked up on as members have flowed in and out, uh, including a. Not insignificant, significant, but not very big. Uh, shrine to Plentimon, the Lord of Gambling. Huh. I forgot that was his name. I always think of, of fucking Digimon when you say that. Uh, Plentimon Shrine is what looks like a uh, baptismal font uh, full of... It looks like they, they fill it regularly with wine, and the bottom is littered with uh, double-headed coins, one side scarred up, and uh, carved dice. <clears throat> I guess we should ask someone to speak to my grandma. You don't have to ask anyone to speak to your grandma. You're exalted. Well, I just walk in? Okay. Yeah, you just walk in. It's the exchange consulate. It's a public place. So you're a living person, so that probably gives you... <laughs> you have a palpable aura that attracts the dead. <laughs> I just latched onto you. <laughs> yeah, people are attracted to you because you're alive. They feed off of it. <laughs> Emotions, life. Alright, well, yeah, we'll go up to her office. Uh, her office is one of the, uh, it looks like it would be like a senatorial booth that would overlook the arena itself, and it still does. It still has like um, salt, uh, salt impregnated glass overlooking the floor below. Uh, a lot of the buildings look like they've been closed up and shut down or used for storage. Uh, it looks like the consulate's kind of lost a lot of staff over time, or, you know, just doesn't quite have as much uh, thoroughfare as it used to. Her office is um, full of scrolls and uh, bound tablets and books that sort of just look like they're keeping accords of things. Uh, there's a map uh, easel that is just stacked with maps and routes on them made of that kind of gauzy reed parchment paper and stained with uh, <clears throat> clay-made ink. Like, they'll take clay and kind of grind it up into an ink to smear on to make maps. Materials are hard to come by in the, the, uh, the Shadowlands. Especially with all the upheaval that made a lot of the routes closed up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, Tabit Thorne is a woman. She's older, but, uh, and looks like she was a patrician, so she ages in a way, she aged in a way that is uh, less graceful than uh, her exalted siblings. Because <laughs> she was, right, she's a patrician. Yeah, she was mortal. Oh boy. Uh, her skin, though, is uh, 
ashen and sooty the way most ghosts are, like she just came out of a fire or explosion. Uh, she doesn't have any death marks on her. Um, and she is wearing clothing that would be fit for basically easy traveling, like stuff that isn't too confining, stuff that isn't too uh, form-fitting, just, you know, like almost like a poncho, like something just for being out in the rain and stuff. I was going to say the equivalent of grandma's pants. Not really, just <laughs> more, uh, more. I don't want to say adventuring gear, but basically adventuring gear, like, like loose-fitting traveler's stuff. Like she's always heading out and stuff, so... She looks like she's more equipped for the elements than a lot of the a lot of other of the spooks that you see moving through the city. Yeah. Um, how tall are you? Are you taller than average? Shorter than average? I never gave it much thought. Uh, I don't know if I've said something in the past. I'm going to just say average. All right. Uh, Thorn is tall, probably taller than you remember, or maybe exactly as tall as you remember, knowing her when you were a child. Yeah, she gets up out of her uh, desk, like she, she was on a desk chair basically doing map tracing with like a compass and whatnot at uh, Saxton, and gets up. Ah, grandchild, you've returned with your friend. And she comes up and gives you a hug. How come in? It is good to see you again, Patricia Thorne. Yes. Yes. I don't actually know if we had a plan coming here. We're just like, hey, give us a quest, essentially. <laughs> I mean, we brought all the goods there. In oh, right. Side. We have the stuff from the exchange that would have been stolen. Yes, uh, we recently dealt with the Hungry Ronin. Dealt with? Sent them on their way. And took Sent back them on their, their way. Less metaphorically than you might think. <laughs> ah. Perfect. Yes, and we are returning the goods they sold from the consulate. Excellent, thank you. This will smooth over some of our more pressing issues now that we're able to make proper deliveries. We need those materials. They were goods coming in from one of the satellite afterlifes to clear out, balance out a debt. We're hoping to keep confidence with their uh, local bank. Yet you still appear to be having issues. The, uh, the very nature of this building reflects it. Might we be of further assistance? The other satellite afterlifes, the, our neighbors, are getting more difficult to get clear connections to. There are new ones forming and old ones sealing up, but we haven't been able to navigate them properly. It's been a long time since we've had a proper ferryman to guide the way. We have met someone recently with such ability, though unfortunately it does not the appear demon. they will be around long. Yes. No, the demon will not be acceptable. Hmm. He seemed a little unpredictable, and we need someone more set to remain here. The demon uh, cavorts with the criminal element of the city. They are not worth the investment. 
What happened to the old one? The original ferrymen that we once employed were swallowed up in the conjunction, and the remaining struck off to start their own uh, smaller scale businesses. Treasure divers and people looking to breach into other afterlives on a hope of an easy score. Perhaps we could search the Titanic. Many refugees hole up there. We may find one proficient in what we need. It's possible. We used to use other means to uh, facilitate travel between the set, between the outlying provinces. Uh, once the guild hired uh, soothers and processionists great funerary marches to calm the spectral beasts and the hungry ghosts in between our realms why is that no longer an option much of the talents split apart moved on some more literally than others and it's a commitment it takes time to move between realms for a caravan. Many of them don't want to commit to that. Hmm. Perhaps we could look into ways to clear the pathways, make them safer for travel without the need for employees. That would be ideal. I've been told of ways in the Skinlands, our guild contacts that we I've been speaking to a, a woman from the, who recently came in. Uh, she used to be a factor for the guild, a merchant prince. They had various blessings and sorceress implica- in, in uh, instruments that protected routes. I can't imagine it too difficult to set something up like that again. We would need a sorcerer. We would need someone who's exalted. A champion of the secrets. A champion of the secrets. Is she implying like a sidereal or I don't think she even knows what that is. Oh really? I thought is they she... okay. is she meaning something specific then? Like is that a phrase? Well she's she's trying to kind of pierce together like we, we need someone who lives and breathes that sort of thing, not someone who just knows sorcery. I could reach... Eclipse cast? You're thinking Twilight, but your heart's in the right place. Bitch, Twilight was the crafters. Twilights are sorcerers, crafters, occultists, sages, lore masters, investigators. They do a lot more than crafting. I mean, that just sounds like... Nonsense. That's just a theory. I could reach out to my own circle, see who is about. Additionally, well, this is the underworld. People do come and go. I've heard rumors that there is someone like that in the city, but none of us dare approach them. It would be easier for someone who is kin to approach them, I imagine. Someone exalted. No one here wants to engage with uh, any of the dark messiahs of the uh, under kings. 
I just now got from the problem talking about, even though I should have got it like fucking scrapped all over again. <laughs> Orchid's just kind of leaning forward with his chin on his folded hands or during all this. Indeed. A name, and we will seek them out. No one knows its name. It's a dead child. A child. Then a location will do. In the... Uh, there, There's a quarter of the city that deals in um, salvage and ancestor shrines. They seem to be holed up in the rotting fuselage of some looks shy and abomination. I know the area well enough. Seek out the dead child. Perhaps they can make our routes more reliable. Though I don't know at what cost. The favors traded between the princes of the earth and the princes of the dead are beyond the scope of our operation on the best of days. Very well. She leaves the Titanic, though, right? What, what, right? No, she's talking about something else. Where, where is she talking about? Just a part of the city. Okay. That you know about, because you live here. So, like, I'm, she's just talking in mysteries instead of naming names. You don't, you yeah, don't I didn't want to make up a here. fake name for the, si- for the part <laughs> of the city. Yeah, but I thought it was, like, going to be one of these places, so I was like... I was like, I don't know what she could be. No. No. Those places are ruins that are full of danger and trouble. This is not. The city's a big, breathing city. There's thousands of locations in it. There's tea places and bars and dojos and factories and stuff and chapels. Those four places are just cool things. All right, you're going to go seek out a dead child? Yes. Alright, we're back. Okay, so you guys leave the exchange consulate and make a trip through the city. And knowing kind of where to go, where the there are shrines and various places of ancestor worship congregated. Um this area has a sort of look-shy feel to it. Like, the, the buildings look like they were from burned-down houses, shattered uh, watchtowers that have been stitched back up, uh, sometimes with actual, like, suturing in the, in the structures to, you know, hold their shape and remain together without sinking into, you know, dull loss of memory. And in this area, there is a skyship. Its hull looks like a white whale, um, you know, maybe an adolescent one that had, that was made of wood and differently colored steel and stained glass on its uh, stomach to help it sort of focus light and repel it off the ground. And it's shattered, uh, its, you know, spine and body broken up against the streets of the city and with buildings and small little sort of sheds built into the side of it to convert it into a place people work. Um, There doesn't seem to be a lot of movement around it. There's not a lot of lights on, such as they are in the city. 
Um, and you can kind of tell from just appraising how it's been treated that not a lot of people are walking by it anymore. It's given a sort of wide berth. Uh, some uh, spook or ghost has left uh, markings on signs nearby, like fence posts and the, the walls with uh, that sort of half-sun uh, mark that's to be associated with certain types of sorcerers. Sounds about right. You know the mark well. You've met uh, Exalt's uh, working for your master that bear the mark on their brow. Mm-hmm. How convenient of them to mark it out for us. Wait. So, you don't know them? I, I don't know. I could very well. Not very many children often become champions of the dead, but... Okay. I guess we're going in. Mm-hmm. The main entrance looks like it was um, a, a gun port of sorts, or an archer port, like one where it would slide back and archers would fire out from. Um, it's cracked open kind of like an eggshell, and it's been bolstered with clay and um, metal brackets and bits of what look like polished, uh, polished gemstone have been kind of accentuated into the frame. Uh, the door itself uh, looks almost like an iris. It's made of leaves of um, wood and iron that are folded in on themselves, so it looks like they would open up like an eye. Okay. Easy enough to open, I guess? Or... Yeah, you just grab the outside of the ring and spin it, and it just opens. Okay. Should we knock? Is there a bell or anything, or is it just... Yeah, there's a uh, there's a small gong that's been, like, uh, hanging from the side, kind of just on uh, threaded bits of chain, uh, and underneath is what looks like a small shrine structure that people have left um, alms, like, like bits of coin, uh, bottles of wine. Um, there's, like, flowers from the skinlands that have been left pressed in... Uh, you know, sheets of gauzy uh, paper. Uh, people have been leaving, like, tokens for this person. Hmm. I'll just wrap two knuckles against the, uh, the gong. It makes a shrill, echoing sound that uh, reverberates around, and you can kind of tell the atmosphere in the area changes. People have, like, when they saw you approaching, they started to leave, and once that sound starts, people have kind of just exited view. You two and your gang... Yeah. I probably brought the Nephrax along this time as a show of power because dealing with important people here. Fair enough. Um, eventually the iris opens up and a man, he looks like he's a ghost. Um, he is wearing a butcher's smock uh, that has stains on it um, and a fairly plain face kind of just opens the iris and comes to the threshold. We wish to speak with your master. Who wishes to speak to my master? I am Poison Orchid, and this is my companion. Tepid Burrell. The living. 
smells of it. Who, though? We are representing the... Exchange consulate at the moment. I will tell my master then. He, uh, he just kind of leaves the threshold. And when she comes back, you may come into the parlor. Duck on in. He's like eyeing you and the specters, and you have the feeling he doesn't quite understand that you're exalted. <laughs> like, it's not obvious to him. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> You, your cast marks not out. You have aspect markings, but you could just be alive. And that's actually fair. It's some people that aren't. People just have cast yeah. aspect markings. Do like the family breeding. Yeah, so yeah. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. He obscures most of his face, so you're not going to see the symbol. Well, the symbol isn't like on your skin and like a hologram in front of your brow, no matter what you're wearing. <laughs> oh right, it's a thing. It's, yeah, it's, your... it's just there's like a flaw you can take, so it's always visible. And all of our characters took it in that other game, <laughs> right? Because we're like, Th- that's not a flaw. <laughs> I think it wasn't even like a flaw in X three. It was just like I want this to always be on. Yeah, like in the in like the original, the, the second edition, yeah, one? older oh. ones. It was a flaw you could take, and Good we're Lord. like, too much of a nightmare. <laughs> Flaws point five. Um, yeah, the parlor looks like this is a sort of, um, airlock that's been built around this archer pool. It has, uh, benches, there are, uh, bowls and towels and kind of racks to kind of clean yourself, uh, before entering. Uh, there's a kettle, it looks like it's made of iron and stone mixed together. It's hot, and there's been, like, cups with tea leaves left behind. What? Um, whatever is normal to do in this situation. I'm assuming we can just sit down and yeah. make our tea while we're waiting. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, about an hour's gonna go by. Talk about show of power. He established dominance. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> um, Poison Market just kind of stands up after a while and is like, well. It's a while to you. Five minutes. Five <laughs> minutes is a while. It's too much. Yes. That's the context we would need here. <laughs> after five minutes, he stands up. He's like, come on. Okay. The interior door is a simple square arch that has a uh, curtain drawn across it. So push that out of the way. Uh, you are inside the bowels of a skyship. It's been the interior has been cleared out. Uh, there's tables and hanging uh, parts, um, lots of scaffolding made of uh, kind of simple, almost like a plywood left around, and um, earth, like not the ashy kind of grave earth of the underworld, but actual like soil, like from creation is uh, in boxes, like like open top boxes, and there are things growing everywhere. Um, small saplings, there are uh, candles giving off real fire. Um, there are mushrooms and saplings and flowers and vines and mosses. This place has a, 
The air in here doesn't smell like kind of the stale wind of a tomb that you're used to always. Mm -hmm. It smells like it's air, like like real air. Well. <laughs> a botanist. This is unexpected. Exceedingly unusual, even down here. I've tried similar things, but I don't simply don't have the hands necessary to maintain such things. I guess we'll just keep exploring. Near the back, um, there is a upper level. Like there, there are stairs, and uh, it looks like an old uh, tube that would have had a lift to bring you up, but that's been replaced with um, uh, just a spiral staircase. And do you guys go topside? Sure, yeah. Uh, the topside looks like a uh, sort of a, a cross between a meat cutter's, uh, like a butcher's area, like a professional butcher's area, and a, uh, a seamstress's house. Like there is tanned leather and gauzy material. There, there are spinning wheels that are full of what looks like the, the corpus of like ghosts spun onto it, giving off slight twists and turns, and even every once in a while a slight kind of moan or chill, like the actual thread itself gets goosebumps on it and swells up, like it's made of people. Is this something that like the Candles Makers Guild? Like, is this the same kind of stuff that they would do, or is it different? Different. Okay. It looks like someone's like, it looks like someone like pulled the thread on, on, a, on a ghost and just pulled them apart. Uh, there are, there's like cured, um, armor that's been kind of shaped into cure, or cured leather that's been shaped into like a cuirass on a, like, dressmaking mannequin, and when you'd catch sight of kind of the more polished parts of the, the, the resin in the leather, you can sometimes catch a face in it, or maybe, uh, you know, scenes from creation, like just, like, a meadow, or sometimes, uh, what looks like an, execu like an executioner's block. And, uh, yeah, there is someone in the middle of this room kind of working away. They are uh, assembling, they have a table in front of them, and they are putting down uh, mahjong tiles that are made of um, bone. You can tell instantly. They're made of bone and inlaid with uh, various metals. And it's a large, complicated uh, pattern made of five distinct segments, like bricks, uh, that interrelate to each other. It's almost like an elemental wheel but made of cubes, made of smaller cubes. Uh, the figure is probably shorter than either of you by a fairly good degree. Um, they are dressed in a large, um, you know, it would look like an old diving suit, basically. Like, not the big metal helmet, but like the, the actual like leather with like collaring around the rings, uh, uh, valving around the arm, the, the, the elbows. Um, you know, at hitch points, like like uh, hinge points, basically, it's been like reinforced, and the head itself kind of almost looks like a, a bird, like it's a, uh, or maybe like if you were to take a pig and pull the skin off and turn that into like a hood, and like the snout had like a, a large kind of, uh, um, you know, that thing you use to like stoke a fire, bellows, a bellows, yeah, the, the nose has been turned to a sort of bellows and kind of goes in and out and makes smoke come out of it. Like an anterior nose? Kind of like an anterior nose, actually, yeah. But it's like all like leather and bellowed up and like sewn. And uh, just two large black uh, round discs where the eyes would be. Like a welding mask of sorts. Hmm. 
Yeah, the figure kind of just looks up to you. Uh, in front of their foreheads, uh, giving off an anti-light that sort of like makes the candles in the room dim and drag inward towards it, is that same uh, half-sun symbol. It's, it's part of his natural anima of banner that all living things have, but this one burns in a, in a visible way. I can just activate mine, right? As yeah, just, to, yeah, I'll do that here then. May we speak? The head nods, like, in agreement, and moves away from the table, and there's like kind of a raised bit, so they're a little shorter than even what their suit gave off. Uh, and as they walk towards you, that assistant is standing there and was stunned when you came up and horrified when your mark showed. <laughs> uh, the, the suit, one of the hands has like, the, each of the hands has only three prongs for fingers. And one of them had a uh, pair of kind of almost like forcep scissors, like a little kind of L-shaped scissors that you use to kind of pull things out of the body. Uh, as the figure approaches, they kind of move the scissors near that ghost that greeted you and kind of just... Give, it a, give him a sharp yank, and he falls apart into, like, a pile of rope <laughs> made of ghost. And you hear him like, no, sir! <laughs> Imagine his voice is very muffled, like, reverberated because of the helmet. My apologies. I did not realize we had guests. And he emphasizes that word. <laughs> it's fine. A error in judgment that cannot be repeated. <laughs> May we speak somewhere more comfortable? Your lounge, perhaps. He starts walking to a door near the steps, and just sort of, he doesn't like wave you on, but he just has an arm out that says, Follow me. Uh, this area is a bare room that's been uh, tiled with uh, wood, like actual hearts hardwood, like like very uh, lively and strong kind of material. Uh, each bit of the wood has been aligned to its mate's grain perfectly, so it looks like it's coming from one large tree, but you can see the dividing lines. Um, there is a table, there is a hole cut in the floor for people's legs to go so they can sit at the table without having to sit down. Like, there's basically a pocket under the table to sit. Um, there are cushions, there is tea, there are hanging lanterns that give off actual light. Um, yeah, he just gestured for you to sit. Uh, the figure goes to the corner of the room and just starts pulling valves open on the suit and pulling out a uh, scene that's on the front and just degloves himself from the entire setup. Uh, yeah, this Abyssal is a teen, 13 to 14 maybe. Uh, maybe a little younger, it's hard to tell. Uh, they are extremely pale um, and, and small. It looks like that, they, they've just started to kind of hit that growth spurt that kids do. Um, long white hair, uh, that cast mark, uh, spectacles that are kind of sitting on his nose, uh, and the outfit they're wearing underneath the suit is sort of, um, sort of a robe that has like flared legs and flared arms, so that you can kind of, kind of like fit a lot of stuff in the, the 
arm parts, the sleeves. And there are just sigils uh, inked, or not inked, but like sewn into it in what looks like a, uh, a thread spun from ruby material. So it's black and red and gives this kind of weird uh, chromatic kind of look whenever light uh, goes across it, because the black is very matte and absorbs the light. I am the void within without. Poison orchid who grows from salted earth. Tepid burrow. He kind of like looks at you and... Do you have anything that blocks people from detecting your nature? No. He, he kind of like looks at you appraisingly basically. Almost like he's kind of listening as you talk. You're... Prince of the Earth. I am. He sits down with you. Given our natures, I am, so I am surprised we have not met earlier. Have you been in the city long? Perhaps a decade. Time is not relevant to my research. What is it you research here? I've noticed the impressive number of plants outside. An experiment in transgression. If one brings death to the land of light and honey, is it, is it so much of an act of anathema to bring that same substance to the shadow? A place of bone and blood. Intriguing. It seems you've had some success given the glow of life in what you've grown here. Under very controlled circumstances, it is not as spontaneous as one would hope. A pity. But then, as you said, Time does not matter when it comes to such experiments. No. Any experiment is an idle curiosity. Unfortunately for what we come here, time is somewhat of the essence. Um, we work with the... Um, holy shit, how can I never remember their name? The, the Exchange, exchange Consulate. The Moneylenders. Indeed. Although yeah. their purpose is much more diversified. They would be a pillar of a... I want to say community. I was trying to think of the word. They would be the pillar of a new colony being deployed. If, if, if they were more successful. But something's wrong with them. They're failing. It is unfortunately increasingly noticeable, even to the uh, simplest of eyes, which is why we've come here. So much of what you says sounds so bitchy <laughs> that I can never tell if it's on purpose. He's just saying it's getting, it's gotten so bad yeah. that even the simplest people can notice. But like, he just said he noticed. And you're like, even the simplest people can notice now. It's like, <laughs> oh, 
A primary issue right now is the delivery of goods to other such areas like this. The ways are choked with hungry dead. The dead aren't meant to stray from their afterlives. And this is where their problem will stem from. They're breaking the natural ecosystem. Something you seem familiar with. In a abstract sense, yes. We are hoping to ease this process, however, and you are one with such abilities, from what I understand. Yes. What might we do to convince you to aid us in easing the uh, exchange consulates and woes? When I assisted my master the destruction of the skinland city of thorns i lost something dear to me my character did not realize so <laughs> he says that her, yeah, her eyebrows legit like shoot up like oh no <laughs> and i was unable to reclaim this object in the chaos surrounding my master's domination of the living Orchid kind of throws the briefest of glances that way. <laughs> you pause for a second. Alright, one moment. Alright, alright, we're gonna pause for this. Uh, okay, so my character's flaw is devotion. Uh, what I was conceptualizing that is uh, basically like loyalty to her family above all reason, basically. <laughs> um, this child so this ball. is the problem. Because she was sent here on a mission which would help her grandma. But this guy killed her grandma. He killed her! I didn't even consider that. I was like, oh yeah, he killed people in my family, but she, he killed like legit my grandma. Like, I'll avenge you, grandma. She's like, avenge me by making me money. <laughs> I want money. So, I don't know how to work that. Because it's literally like the two things. Like literally, my grandma's right there and she said, this guy can help me with the one thing and he's the only guy I know that can help me with it. But also, like, he totally killed her. If Grandma knew... You're killing me. Oh, yeah, she you're didn't killing know. your grandma. She didn't know at the time. Mm. Well, he that said that he helped with the Siege of Thorns. He said he helped with the destruction. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. As, like, yeah, he didn't... Maybe he didn't, like, literally want the one that killed her, but he Stabbed might have. Stabbed her in the heart. And either way, like... He did. <laughs> I don't know, Nicole. How do you want to play this? It's the Mask of Winters. He's basically him. Attack him. <laughs> oh, that's brutal, actually. Okay, I'm actually just gonna roll. <laughs> roll uh, what? Even numbers. I'm going to keep going with the mission. And probably tell my grandma afterwards and see how she wants to handle this guy. Actually, let me... That would be the smartest way to play it. It is the smartest way to play it. But this isn't necessarily the smartest decision. Like, you know, your flaws I mean, are supposed to come up in a way that... I mean, this sounds like the best way for the flaw to come up. Like, I, I don't want to derail your, your idea okay. or something very emotional, but, like, if this was, like, a Game of Thrones-type scenario, this might be you being like, oh, I understand. And then going back to your ground and be like, we... I have something you need to know about. And then starting to actively, proactively working. 
That's fair. You know, it doesn't Plus have I to be a big it. show of emotion every time. All options are available. <laughs> do what you think would be fun for the session. Teacup breaks in her hands. <laughs> then again, if you do want to do something drastic, that'd be a perfect cliffhanger. <laughs> but, nope. If it's uh, if an option is to just have Plot. a full head, then that's fine. Yeah, it might be what you do with that devotion. Where the ground is like, we're gonna we're gonna change this around. We're gonna do something much more drastic. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, to the detriment of our cause. All right, it's up to you. To the detriment of our cause could be the title of every single exalted game we ever played. <laughs> Fucking Christ, yes. I mean, some of us got everything we ever wanted. <laughs> anyway, so you most you you were gesturing or looking at me or something. And he just kind of glanced over just to see the reaction. She's just like, oh, oh my god. Do go on. There was significant upheaval in the afterlife around Thorns and the ensuing combat. There, there was resistance, there were uh, battles in the streets, there was the arrival of my master's procession, such as it was. Visual, uh, you know, uh, visual reference to Juggernaut. <laughs> It's one of the reasons I came to this city specifically. I wanted to have some time alone to meditate on the nature of oblivion, but also to look around to see if I couldn't retrieve it. Perhaps we might be more capable of retrieving such a thing. That would be... That would be actually very... That would work. We would be able, that would be an excellent exchange of favors. A transaction. Hmm. Simple enough. What is it that you've lost? My reality bond. Do tell. It was a device I constructed from schematics and whisperings of ancient ghosts from the underworld. Some my master provided, some I sought out on my own without him knowing. It is a machine, an artifact, a work of sorcery that, when properly activated, pulls apart the threads of the land around it and allows one to shape it to their will. Interesting. My personal one, the one that I have been working on the longest since my since my dark baptism has gone missing, was lost askew in the shoals of the underworld and oblivion when thorns fell. Hmm. I suppose if it had been destroyed, it would have gone off, and you would have known quite easily. It's more of a sober quet than it is a literal name. It is delicate and difficult to master. It has a mind of its own. As all things of this type of construction do. All right. 
If you can describe what it looks like, I believe that should be enough for us to uh, go off of. It is a game board covered in hexagonal squares. About uh, he puts his arms out to kind of make like a like a circle with his arms, like you could pick it up and you know carry it. Mm-hmm. It is made of solid obsidian interlaced with metal of the dead, smithed from the souls of ghosts, <clears throat> and inlaid with sun metal. Once brought, once brought out of its dormancy, pieces will begin to assemble on it, and you are able to challenge it for dominion over the area. I see. That is sufficient, I believe. Unless it has any kind of effect on the area around it, uh, when it's not active, that might help us locate it. No many objects of power do. It's possible. It might have attracted broken things to circle around it. Cultists, worshippers. Such things of power end up attracting a cult of personality around it. Especially in a place such as the remains of thorns, weak minds would easily stumble across and cling to such things. It is somewhere in this city. That is that much I know from my deep connection to it as its master and creator. Does it have a name? Yes. The Reality Bomb. does have an actual name. <laughs> this is Exalted. Sometimes things are like, you know, I and Seven Despair and several Chasseldry Thuribles. Sometimes it's called Death Laser, <laughs> which is the name of an actual spell in, in Solar Circle Sorcery. That's amazing. It's, it's that mix between, you know, <laughs> mythic stuff and like, you know, sometimes you go a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Lord of Light, Robert Zellany. <laughs> sometimes you go a little bit on the nose. It's fine. Seek it out. Find it for me. Bring it back. We will see to this. And what did you want in exchange? Help us find a safe way for the people of the Exchange Consulate to safely travel between afterlives. Did they, um... Thus... What? Did they say that he should know a way to make it so the roads are permanently safe, or would he have to go with them every time? They knew that he was a rare and exotic resource to to reach out to. Okay. I have ideas and thoughts regarding this. If one were to remove the intervening distance between two points, it would be much easier to cross. Much. These Shadowlands are weak and pale reflections of anything of substance. It is not hard to erase such obstacles. Excellent. We shall discuss this more once we return with the uh, promised object. I will need maps sent to me of where you intend to go so I could begin drawing up the 
geomancy for it. For lack of a better term. That will be done. Very good. The contract is sealed. Shall we? Let's. You leave the uh, workshop of Void Within Without. I'm telling. <laughs> <laughs> then that was one of the uh, the Death Knights that you spoke of, yes? Yes. Let us leave the area. Yes. <laughs> so back to his chalet. Back to Grandma's house. Well, you guys want to talk amongst yourselves. Hmm. Right? Yeah, I just meant that like, he shouldn't be like, so that's the guy that killed your grandma right in front of his house. No, no, yeah. So we'll <laughs> scene swipe back to his chalet before we end the session, and then okay. we'll do the grandma stuff next session. Yep. Alright, so you're back at the base. Then I can't imagine you feel terribly comfortable working with such a being. Not at all. This is an important mission, but... I definitely feel the need to discuss this further with my grandmother before moving forward. Of course, if it is uncomfortable to you or her, we can of course seek other means, and if you wish, seek justice against one of the perpetrators. It does sound as though he intends to continue such devastation. Yes, I definitely don't feel comfortable having that kind of weapon in his control, considering. Another complication, then. So that's what we shall do. And move forward unless, uh, if I, uh, if that's how we're going to do it, I don't see how she would be comfortable with that. <laughs> Alright, so, next session then, you will confront your grandmother, Tepid Thorns, about the Death Knight. <laughs> the dead child void within without and his reality bomb. Alright, so, let's do the end of session move. Uh, everyone mark experience. Alright, first question, did we fail in some regard? Again, no. No. Did you expose yourself to danger, cost, or retribution through your actions? No, no. What did we even do this session? We literally just went to... Uh, you trained. Yeah, we trained. And then you talked to your grandmother, and then you met with Void. Mm -hmm. And the last one, did we progress our story in a meaningful way? Yes. I'd say yes. Yes, definitely. So, 2XP. Alright, that wraps up this session. So, I was Devin. Nicole. Kevin. And this is Sponsored by Nobody. Signing off.